Hey everyone, welcome back to my podcast. Glad we came across each other. I'm the host, Maddie Flint, and you are listening to The Essentials. This episode, I'm going to focus on personal creativity, making art, and the science behind it all. I'll answer questions like why being an artist makes you a scientist of sorts, and how to overcome the fear of starting a new project, no matter how big or small. At the end, I'll be doing a mini deep dive into two of my own recent art pieces, both of which I did in plain air. If you've been thinking, hey yeah, I think I want to start drawing, maybe I should try painting again, or you've just been interested in starting some kind of creative journey but have been hesitant to do so, look no further for that ounce of encouragement to get you started. So since I'm talking about art as a science, let's review the definition of science itself. Wikipedia says, science is a systematic endeavor that builds and organizes knowledge in the form of testable explanations and predictions about the universe. In simpler terms, science can be defined as the observation, identification, description, experimental investigation, and theoretical explanation of natural phenomena. Or in the archaic sense, science means the knowledge of any kind. So anything can be a science. When you draw, you're compiling observation, experimenting, and describing things. You also do a lot of identification and investigation. You may not even notice that you're doing all of this work when you pick your drawing reference subject, but you are. If you've ever thought of yourself as someone who isn't very analytical or strategic, but you practice some form of art, whether it be painting, drawing, sculpting, glasswork, crocheting, etc., you are actually both of those things. For the sake of simplicity, as preferred by Occam's Razor, I'm going to discuss this concept with respect to drawing. Also, Occam's Razor is a principle stated by the scholastic philosopher William of Ockham in 1285-1347-49 maybe, that translated from Latin states that plurality should not be posited without necessity. This principle gives precedence to simplicity. Of two competing theories, the simpler explanation of an entity is to be preferred. The principle is also expressed as entities are not to be multiplied beyond necessity. So in other words, don't make things harder than they have to be. If something can be done simply or explained simply, do it like that. It'll be much more concise and easier to understand. And I wanted to explain that not only because I just mentioned it, but because that's a really useful concept to operate under regarding really anything else that you do. So keep that in mind. All right, back to drawing and the science behind drawing. When you draw, you are translating your perception of the world through observation and psychobiology. When you make those initial glances at your environment, you will make use of the different types of perception that exist in psychology simultaneously. The perception process, with regards to our sense of light, is an eight-step process starting with environmental stimulus. So when you're drawing out in the open, which is why I love to draw in plain air, you are a part of your surroundings. You're right there with them, and you can feel them, see them, hear them, smell them, touch them. And that just makes for a great mood to start drawing, for me at least. So within your environment, you 
end up focusing on something specific, and that would be the attended stimulus. So that's the stimulus or the object in which our attention is primarily focused on. Then all of this retinal imaging happens. There's light passing through the cornea and the pupil onto the lens of the eye. And so that's going to function like a camera. All of these different mechanisms controlling how much light to let in. And then a projected image, which is inverted, is placed onto the retina. And that gets transformed to electrical signals in the process of transduction, which allows visual messages to be transmitted to the brain for further interpretation. So like after all that stuff, you have neural processing occurring where there are paths and signals that are rerouted depending on what type of signal it is, whether it's auditory or visual, and then perception happens. At this point, you become consciously aware of that stimulus. After this point, there's recognition and that is where the brain is categorizing and interpreting what you're sensing. It's the ability to interpret and give meaning to that object that you're looking at. Then the last step of this entire process is action. This phase is exactly what it sounds like because it involves some type of motor activity that occurs in response to that perceived stimulus. It could be a major action or something very subtle like blinking your eyes, but Regarding the topic of drawing, that would be getting your pencil or pastel or paintbrush to your paper. So talking about the drawing process, you're taking notice of your surroundings, you're choosing something to focus your attention on more than anything else. Your brain will then identify what you know about this subject. It could be a person, a landscape, something obscure, and it will input what it knows about that subject. That's totally observation if we're harping back to the scientific method. You're doing all this work to observe your surroundings, to pick something, to then translate from your thoughts onto a piece of paper. So then you'll begin to investigate which parts of the subject you'd like to capture. Your drawing is an individualized description of the subject. Now, these are steps that you may not be aware that you're taking, but you can become aware of them by thinking about how you want to capture your subject. What is the overall impression you want to have on any viewers? What do you want to get out of this piece? Is it that you want to depict emotions, invoke feelings, be symbolic, or bring the attention to another aspect of art, like a focus on light versus shadow, patterns, perspective, or color? If you want to focus on capturing a state of feeling through color, changing light and expressiveness, rather than to just recreate an image, I suggest to study the French Impressionists. The Impressionists, the Expressionists, the Fauvists, and anybody else post-Impressionism. And there is something very naturalistic, almost like studying biology, in doing art like any of these artists. Of course, there are tons of movements to learn about, and you may find that you resonate with one or two or a handful more than any of the others. Those painters painted in an era where art was kind of changing by definition, away from optical realism or more traditional Renaissance or Baroque looking paintings to pieces that were created with the intentions to bring translated emotions or illusions, optical illusions, by the use of color into paintings. So it switched from kind of a rigidity in the painting process to something that is focused way more on using natural color, shape, 
pattern and more personalized techniques. Remember this for a little later because I am going to make some connections with this. Now, if you're feeling inspired and you really want to try drawing, but you've run into a problem, starting, you are not alone and there are a lot of ways to solve this. From personal experience, one of the best ways to conquer the fear of starting drawing is to stop thinking about a finished piece in your head and just put the pencil to the paper. You can also try using Pinterest to find ideas that inspire you. There are tons of super interesting photo ideas on there to use as reference photos. And the point of having those as a reference is not to try to replicate it completely. You're not a copy machine. You are an individual artist. So it's totally okay. Don't get discouraged if your drawing doesn't look as much like the reference photo as you maybe thought it would. That's just to kind of nudge you into that mode of creativity. So don't get too caught up in trying to make it look just like the reference. Also, don't worry about the techniques right away. Just see what you create. And there is tons of room for refinement later on. Also, forget what anyone else thinks because you're doing this for you. Art is very individual. Sometimes too much stress over getting perfect results or which techniques to follow perfectly will take away some of the looseness of the unique creativity. One of my favorite French Impressionist painters, Edgar Degas, famously said that it, quote, isn't until the painter has no idea what he's doing that he makes good paintings, end quote. I believe that that implies that creating is all about breaking barriers. Do something new, go on an unexpected journey, I'm going on an adventure. and the results will be something not previously imagined, which is the whole purpose of creating in the first place. Creativity is defined as a phenomenon whereby something new and valuable is formed. The created item might be intangible or physical object. So don't be upset if it doesn't look like something that you thought you had in mind. It's meant to be new. Another tip when you're feeling hesitant to start drawing is to stop comparing your art to someone else's. Everyone is at a different point in their creative journey and comparing can lead to discouragement. Especially if you're just starting out, it may help to study other artists' work to get a feel for the qualities of a painting or a drawing that you'd like to learn yourself, but always remember that your art comes from you and no two minds are the same. Don't get caught up in trying to make a masterpiece every time either. This one I've recently overcome as I used to get really upset if my sketches didn't look perfect, which was very frustrating. You don't owe perfection to anyone. That's an unattainable standard. Drawing can be for fun or for comfort. Your sketches can be rough, oblong, pencil only, minimal, and every time you learn something, your synapses are growing stronger. If you think that your sketches are ugly or that your art isn't what you want it to be just yet, this signifies that you're ready to move up a level regarding skills. Each time that you pick up something new, that activity is going to require a lot of attention at the start, but with practice, you will be able to think less about what you're doing. Extensive practice allows people to perform multiple tasks simultaneously. For instance, a pianist can play complex music without thinking about each individual note, and I can attest to that. That's very true, because in the very beginning, oh my goodness, it's frustrating. But after you've played the song, however, number of times, you aren't even thinking about all those steps anymore. Overthinking about the next step can interfere with a flawless performance. During the process of learning, cells 
can send and receive information about the task and become way more efficient, taking less time for the cells to communicate with one another. This is how neurons wire together to perform multitasking functions, and that's from a researcher Stevens, 2014. This passage explains, though, through biopsychology, how overthinking the next step can hold you back. This is why when watching someone who has been drawing for a long time every day, it might look easier for them to whip out a drawing, but it's actually just years of conditioning. Your brain is equipped with neuroplasticity, which is the ability of neural networks in the brain to change through growth and reorganization. It is when the brain is rewired to function in some way that differs from how it previously functioned. This means that the more you draw, the more comfortable you'll feel. Your brain has you covered. And this stuff is really important for starting any new challenge. A big thing though, is that you have to get past your feelings. As Instagram account mentality puts it, your mind has to be stronger than your feelings or you'll lose every time. We can talk ourselves out of things really easily if we operate under fear. It can keep you limited and it makes where you are feel safer. Even if you're feeling trapped there, fear lies to you that anything outside of what you already know could cause negative results. There's no room for fear in innovation. Failing happens, yes, and it's actually a great way to deeply learn new skills. So don't be afraid of failing or rejection. Use those things to your advantage. Sometimes it could teach you to reflect on what you thought you knew, or it could open a door in another direction that maybe you overlooked or didn't know about. Creating takes courage. To summarize, anyone can make art. Don't compare yourself to others or be afraid to make that first mark on paper. When you draw, think about what you want to capture and think outside the box. Investigate. Get past that block by drawing anything you see and not getting caught up in perfectionism. Most importantly, have fun in looking at life when you draw. And now I'm going to dive into two recent drawings of my own and do some reviews. I usually just close my sketchbooks after completing a drawing, but sometimes I leave them in a room so I can come back later and pretend I didn't draw it just to see it from a less critical perspective, but you know, that doesn't always work. But I don't always go back and actually study what I did. Okay, so the first one that I want to talk about is one that I did inside a sketchbook called Coffee Break Sketching that has 100 prompts for inspired sketching on the go by John Gillard that I got from Barnes & Noble like two summers ago that I periodically work in, but I kind of have to be in the mood to want to draw from somebody else's prompt. But a lot of the times I always love what I wind up creating from it. So I took a trip for brunch with my boyfriend to Manchester, Vermont last week because I was feeling like I wanted to have some new environmental surroundings to draw. So. We got some really good food, we visited, we walked around, the weather was beautiful as it normally is in May, and I did a prompt about plain air inspiration. So I wound up drawing um, a mountain scene, it's got some trees in it, and it has the edges of some buildings which are like a rust colored red. And um, people were preparing for Memorial Day so there were some flags around. So as I look over the composition of this drawing, um, I really like how I ended up using the colored pencils in combination with the oil pastels. Because with those two things together, it's it just looks a little bit more textured. Um, I've been finding that I really like to use green lately, 
and it's like a combination of more than two or three greens usually because I don't like to just use green right out of the box unmixed. So it looks like I did pretty well with the framing. Um, now that I'm looking back, I kind of wish that I placed the mountains a little bit higher in the paper um, so that it's not just a big chunk of sky, but I think I did that so I could fit the edge of the building in because that's kind of framing the piece itself. And that's something I've been trying to do a lot more too, is think about the composition and how I'm filling the page. And I like how I did that here. I've more recently found that I've taken a liking to unfinished looking sketches. Of course, this is just in my sketchbook. This isn't like a finished piece, but it's a finished piece for this sketchbook. I like how it looks to not fully draw everything in detail because I think focusing on too much detail is a little bit limiting because that could hold me back from capturing things that are more fluid, like the movement of tree branches and stuff in the wind, or if cars are passing by. It's almost like if I make things look too complete or I'm taking a really long time on them to try to make them look super, super accurate based on detail, it just adds to like a completeness that I don't like as much. I don't know. That's just what my art is right now. And it could change. It'll probably change in a couple weeks. Maybe it won't. Maybe it will be more like this in finished pieces. But uh, as for right now, I'm kind of in that phase. I like the unfinished look. I like the looseness that that provides me with. So I'm generally pretty happy about this drawing. I think it's a little market that I did. That one I colored in. It's a little building. It's also like a deep red. But I colored it because I noticed that it was in shadow on one side. And I love to draw shadows. Anyone who knows me personally or spends a lot of time with me knows that I carry a sketchbook everywhere I go and every time I leave the house. And that I'm more than likely to end up mentioning that there's a shadow that's cascading down a building or that's being made by some trees and there's like dappled light on the road because of it. Like people know that I'm, I'm destined to say those things if I'm out in public. So generally, really like this piece. And next up, I have another piece I did in a different sketchbook that I got last summer that I've just been steadily working through. And this one, even though I just said that I bring a sketchbook everywhere, so technically all of my sketchbooks are travel sketchbooks, this one is the one that is my travel travel sketchbook. Like, I brought this on vacation, I've brought it to New York City, I've brought it on all these different trips that are not in the daily routine, you know? Uh, some of my favorite little oil pastel sketches that I've ever done are inside this sketchbook. So the drawing in particular that I'm highlighting out of this little sketchbook is one of a little library museum looking building that is at a little site where we go swimming and it's surrounded by trees and plants that have yet to bloom and have all these gorgeous flowers around them. So it's fresh trees, new leaves, lots of green, and I did it with oil pastel. Uh, and it was also really hot when I did that. And I think just by looking at this, I can kind of tell that because the oil pastels were getting soft, which I really like. It adds some interesting texture to the drawings. It makes them super soft. It makes the colors vibrant and it makes them blend better together. When you look closely at this drawing, you just see blobs of color in different places. But if I put the drawing further away from my face, all the forms come into play. 
it looks like I was focused way more on the colors, the feelings, the movement, the shapes than I was on any fine details, which is kind of the theme of my art all year. And it was kind of the theme in the last one too. But with this one, I tried not to draw a detailed underdrawing to start with because I wanted to draw with the colors, which is something that I'm trying to do more of. In the last drawing that I talked about, I had actually drawn it out first. I drew the edge of the buildings, the mountain line where the the sky meets the mountain, and where the trees were going to be. For this one, I just kind of went right into it with the oils and refined later. I also see that I used a blue for the windows of this little building that more in reality were kind of grayish, but I used a blue because I was indicating that those windows were in shadow. And I already had a lot of green around, so I was like, let me put some blue in here, make it brighter. And I see that I have little spots of red where I made things that were a little bit more brown, more vibrant, and gave them kind of a red hue just to add some interesting little specks of color to balance out the whole drawing. And I really like it. It's messy looking. I can't find my white pastel. So to compensate for that, I ended up not drawing with any white. I drew around the paper and that's where I get my whites from, which is kind of how you do watercolor paintings anyway, because you don't have um, a white watercolor that's opaque. Watercolors are for layering usually. You can sometimes use acrylic to go on top of it, but usually you paint around your whites, like it's inverted, and that's kind of what I did here. And I think it worked out. I really like it. I'm very happy with it. And I hope that more of my oil pastel sketches wind up looking like this. And if you are interested to see what my art looks like, I have an art account on Instagram. It's at Gucci underscore art. I made that name up when I was like, I don't know, 15, but I kept it because all my followers told me not to change it. So if you'd like to check it out, it's there. And this brings us to the end of this episode. I am super glad you guys decided to listen and I hope that you learned something about art. I hope that you guys are also feeling inspired and courageous enough to start that next drawing or your first drawing or whatever drawing it may be. As always, check out all the other great podcasters whose content is also found right here on the BMG network. 